Yo, it's Nick Ruiz, twice self-made real estate entrepreneur. I came up once from scratch in my late teens, built over a million-dollar net worth. The 2008 crash forced me into bankruptcy. Then I bounced back quickly, again, after bankruptcy. This is success from scratch. We talk entrepreneurship here, money, financial literacy, business building, psychological and chess player warfare, real estate entrepreneurship, economic evolution, the laws of it, survival of the fittest, sales and persuasion, anything success. This is success from scratch for you. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Success from Scratch show. You know what we talk about, money, business, entrepreneurship, real estate, salesmanship, persuasion, psychological warfare, all those good topics that we talked about already in the intro. I'm glad you're aboard. We love talking to you. This is a very raw, off-the-cuff, laid-back business show for those of you who are trying to climb, trying to get somewhere from nothing. Remember, creating success has absolutely nothing to do with where you are or where you come from. It's what are you going to do once you're armed with the language of success and opportunity, which is the mission of this podcast and the book, Success from Scratch, which will be released in stores July 18th, uh, period. What are you going to do now? Vidal, what's up? Say hi. We got Vidal now. What's going on? What's going on, boys and girls? We've been, man, I've been... Swamp. We've both been swamp, brother. We have a lot going on. We are we are doing lots of new things. I got lots of new uh, rehab deals in the works. Um, just a lot of beautiful content. A lot of beautiful content. Again, as the byproduct of just being a practitioner. Being an entrepreneur is beautiful because all of you get to learn through a lot of the recording that I do in actual real-world entrepreneurial scenarios. Not always the classic, let me teach you how to be an entrepreneur, but hey, watch me do it. Watch me do deals, negotiate, make, fuck things up. A few things have gone sideways on us on camera, right? Obviously, but that's reality, you know? So we go off on tangents and as raw and off the cuff and laid back as this show is, Vidal, what, um, Vidal can hold me in here and there though. He's like the reins of the show. Not <laughs> rarely. <laughs> so, talk to me, bro. What are we doing today? What what kind of value can we drop on these people? These beautiful people. What can we drop on them? Well, you know, lately we've been talking about dabblers. You know, people that are not one hundred percent committed. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good topic. And the reason I the reason it's probably fr- it's super fresh on my mind is because people reach out to me daily, mm-hmm. hundreds, whatever it is. People are constantly emailing, messaging, etc. And when I read between the lines of what they're actually saying, they're actually saying that they're going to try this or dabble in that and they're not committed, more or less, based on their language patterns. They're lazy. So, yeah, dabblers don't win. Dabblers lose. And they lose big. And they wonder why they lose big. Because they think they did the, some of the work. They're like, I did some of the work. What the hell? No results? See, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. You now we both see some of the comments too on FB, where people are like, "Yeah, I put out this, I did this, or I need this, this," and they're just talking at a at a minute scale yeah. of what the hundred percent is, and then they give up. Yeah, that's right. Right. Well, yeah, 
minute scale of the hundred percent, um, which is what I talked about recently in one of the articles I wrote for, um, some publication, but there's not a scale of effort to results or commitment to results. And what I mean by that is you either, you put in a hundred percent of the commitment to get results or you get none. And what I mean by that is again, you can't put in half the commitment and half the effort and get half the results. You can't say, you know what? These things are hard and kind of outside of my comfort zone. So I'm going to skip those. But a couple of these little easily measly things, I'll do those. And then, which is, which may equate out to like, let's say a third of what you actually have to do. So I'll just, I'll be okay making a third of the money and get a third of the results. There's no money in third or half effort. You don't get half the results or half the money for doing half the effort because you just feel like trying part of it. It doesn't, entrepreneurship doesn't work that way. You're either 100% committed to doing 100% of the action um, to get 100% of the results or to get any results, period, any results. To get results, you got to do 100. It's not 40 to 40% of it gets you 40% of the results. And I think that's where a lot of people have a disconnect and they get frustrated and they have a, pro, uh, a results problem. Well, this doesn't work. This doesn't get results. No, 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 dude. The way it works is you got to do it all and you got to be persistent with doing it all. Then you get results. So when you say all, you know, just to clarify, cause you know, we do need all some, the work, we need the context. hard stuff too. So you're you say- building a business, whatever business you're building. I just, where did we forget that we're building businesses? Where did we forget that this is a business? Remember, being an entrepreneur is the minority, the major minority, meaning most people are employees in this world. So if you actually want to be part of the entrepreneurial realm, which is a very select few people, I mean, you may know a lot of entrepreneurs around you, but at the world at scale, entrepreneurs, business owners are on the smaller side of the equation. Most people get a paycheck from a job. Um, was, the reason for that is because it's not always easy. There's uphill climbs on the regular, but you can't skip them and do just do the easy stuff and get the results. And, and this is kind of where I was going to go in this direction just for a second. Tell me what do they say? Normally your business profits like what after year three or four, Something like that. Correct me. That's if I'm like wrong. some data driven thing. I mean, business has evolved since statistics like that. Okay. Technology, internet, real estate is not a part of that equation. So the, that's like the worst case, the data, like you start a business, you know, and we're, again, we're talking classic businesses, like starting a restaurant or opening a shoe store, like the first three years or you, you break even. And then, and then you start profiting. That's more of an old, that's more old school data. And it actually does not apply anymore. Okay. Really? Well, look at what's happening. You, you, these tech companies that actually make it are getting you know crazy valuations, and then they sell for X, Y, Z. Or um, real estate? Are you kidding me? You're in the green. You're in the black on your first deal. And for those who don't know, in the black means that means in the profit zone. And in the world of accounting, there's in the red and there's in the black. Red is the red ink. We're talking old school accounting here, but understand this principle. When you're when accounting used to be done on with pen mm-hmm. and after that adding machines and shit and black print meant profit, red print meant loss, negative. Okay. So in the black means profitable, just for those of you who don't understand that uh, business term. So 
real estate, you're in the black on your first deal. Okay? Hang on. In the red. So in the black, in the red, like we were talking about. Um, you, do one, you do one real estate deal. You're in the black immediately. So again, that's that like traditional business data that is fortunately... I mean, we don't even, most people don't even realize like the upside that's available to the average person where it just wasn't 50 and a hundred years ago. Like there's just it, becoming a successful entrepreneur required so much more, you know, but then so much, well, it's hard because most people were sheep back then and less people broke out into the world of entrepreneurship, which means if you were ambitious you can make it it was it's kind of it was a weird i i feel like it's a little paradoxical with you know less opportunity but also more if you're ambitious weird but anyways that's a different conversation but my point is the upside's in front of you you're in the black on your first real estate deal you're in the black on a lot of things right away but you're talking you're going to this patience mentality i'm thinking like in education in institutions where you have to you know, go four years and get your degree. Yeah. You know, how long is that? And what, a, just, what a racket that is, though, the college racket. Uh, I was just right talking now, to someone the other day. Some, I guess there's a documentary out, my buddy was telling me, mm-hmm. Broke, Busted, and Disgusted or something like that. I don't know if it's on Netflix or somewhere. Never but, heard of that. And I think that's what it's called. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was talking about how, like, we're, people are, young people are starting off on such the wrong financial foot it's crippling their ability to like build wealth or just be financially sustainable in a comfortable way. I mean, the college debt cripples a lot of young people and it's so unfair because they are conditioned to think it's normal. I mean, so I want to like break that here, break many things on this show. Okay. Part of what I want to, there's two things I do for people and I wrote about it. I write about all them in my book, but I want to break the wrong thoughts and wrong belief patterns and build the right ones. But it's just the normal thing to do. And I just, it makes no sense. It's amazing what you can get people to believe with the right ongoing conditioning. But if you actually broke all that down on paper, it makes zero sense. Load up on all of this debt while you're just fresh and green in this beautiful world you get to step out into. So, you're free to enter the world as an adult, but hold on. Let me chain you and straitjacket you so you can only limp along for 20 years before you actually might break even on that debt. Are you out of your fucking mind? So let's, let's go back. Now we can connect these dots, bro. Tell me about dot connecting. I need it. So then <laughs> as 20, as you know, when you graduate at 24, you're in the red 40, 50, 60,000 dollars. So you're not yeah. even in the black. Pro- yeah. Till- right. You want to talk red and black? Yeah. How often? I mean, so it's like with well, a problem with that is let's say you're in debt 60K, you're 24, and you get a job. What do they, what do they, what do they pay people now? 30 some thousand a year, college grad on a good day? Is that like good now? I don't in even know. In the 30s, it's starting out depending on where you are demographically and oh, right. in region. Yeah. Yeah. So you take 35K and you divide that here. Let's do some math and give some rough analogies here. So 35K um, divided by um, uh, 12 months. You know, we know we get paid weeks. So 2900 a month. Now we subtract taxes. Let's say Uncle Sam takes a third of that. So now point, times 0.66, 1924 a month. 
And then the college debt, they make you pay what, like five, six hundred a month? It's not no measly fifty or hundred bucks a month. I mean, oh, they no. hit you hard. No. So nineteen twenty four a month minus minus six hundred a month for college debt means the crumbs you have every month are thirteen twenty four. Okay? Divided by four. Three hundred and thirty one dollars a week. After taxes and uh, college debt, $331 a week. How do they expect these people to have kids and build families, buy homes, go to Home Depot to buy appliances and Best Buy to buy DVD players, which trickles into the economy? If we want this economic machine to keep moving... We need these young people to go out to Best Buy and buy a big screen TV. We need them to buy cars from the Ford dealership. Because when we buy cars from the Ford dealership, the guy who owns the Ford dealership can pay more to his employees and put more money in his pocket where he can then go buy his house. We need these people to buy houses so carpenters and tradesmen. It's breaking the economic machine is what it's doing. But here's what happens, bro. This is a global problem not little johnny's in debt and let he you know we got to help little johnny i want to help little johnny who's buried in college debt but as a whole we actually have a very serious it's large a cycle picture problem of debt because then they take on credit cards and to buy those things that you just talked about mm-hmm. so it's just an evolving well, if they go that route debt. i mean some some of them may not because they already feel too crippled but then some of them them do which which we know will spiral into a different problem but i'm saying that this college debt problem is is um, on its way to severely crippling the entire economy. I heard certain analysts talk about the same way the real estate bubble happened. They're going to take back a lot of these college loans. I heard that yeah, might happen. It, well, they're saying it could be the next major financial bubble, Correct. college debt. Right. And it doesn't add up. And you know what that bubble is going to do is it's going to wipe out a lot of these small colleges that think they can just whack people over the head. They're like, oh, kids are getting approved for 25K a year now? Let's raise our tuition. Think about it. If I owned a college and I knew that everyone that stepped in my door could get stamped for 25K a year, I'm a business. I'm a college. I'm going to make sure my tuition is to that maximum credit limit. Right. They don't have anything that warrants it. They're not, they don't, you know what I mean? They don't have anything that warrants that maximum credit limit. Right. They're just, they know they can charge that based on the loan products that are available. So let's. Let's get to aye, the nitty-gritty aye, aye. of you. These people are being crippled. 331 a week, that's poverty. You can't have kids. We're stopping reproduction with college debt. Who the hell is going to pop out a kid when they... I mean, I have three kids. They're the most expensive thing in my life. Across the board, health insurance, this, that, dance, so, recital, school, private school, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, there's nothing more expensive. But here's My what, three kids are a monster financial responsibility. So what, so what it really comes down to, what it boils down to, correct me if I'm wrong is these institutions just trying to cripple the masses into, hey, you're going to be paying us something. I don't know if they're like saying we want to cripple the masses. They're saying we want as much money as possible as the large banks that are, I mean, I think it's structure where the government does back these through banks too. But um, I mean, I, I don't know if there's some massive ill-intented agenda Right. I mean, it's just like the, the last financial collapse. It wasn't like the bank said, we want to collapse the economy. The banks were, there's a ton of free money and we want to give it. And it's greed. I mean, it is greed in the end, you know. Um, I just think, you know, hey, if you want to be greedy, fine as an individual. I'm just saying be strategic. Like, we don't realize that, like, 
this college debt thing is is going to cripple more than just some college kids. It's it's not just a bunch of broke young people. Those broke young people are not going out and buying business buying things at the shoe store like I talked about, etc. Which are now making th- those store owners and their employees broke, and then they can't afford health insurance for those employees, so they got to lay them off, and on and on it goes. Okay. They can't pay their mortgage. They lose their home. This is, it's, a, it's a major, major global problem, I think. And I just think, you know, it's a damn shame that, hey, come over here. We're going to make sure you get, the, college is supposed to like set people up for a path in life where they can be successful and stable financially. And I just feel like it, you know, is the total opposite of that. But again, if you actually broke down all this math on paper, it makes no sense. There's just a there's a large sale there's a large sales and marketing regime going on for college, you know. If you want to be a doctor, lawyer, different things where you have to get that degree, beautiful. You gotta go, you gotta go, and and your income catches up really fast because those are higher paying professions. Your income will catch up fast to maybe whack down some of the debt, but maybe not. I mean, who knows? You know, if you want to be. Um, you know, a specialized doctor, maybe there's 500 K out, out in debt. But the point is at least you can have a higher income to whack it down faster. But the average college grad we're talking about here, I'm not talking about specialized professions. I'm talking about the average college grad. There are differences and nuances in college that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know we're digressing away from, we are, but that's okay. But I I feel that this is important. It is important. And I am passionate about, you know, if someone who's 18 says, and I've had people who approach me all the time in their early teens, mid teens, late teens, Nick, what should I do? This is what I feel. And this is what I love. I look at it this way. Your twenties are like a free decade, free as in no charge, meaning make as many mistakes as you want. I don't mean free as like free as a bird. What I mean by free is, um, see, here's where I believe gratis, like free, meaning do what you got to do. Like you're young. You can get bumps, bruises and bounce. Like you're a bouncy ball. You are limber. You're agile mentally and physically where you can take beatings and get up. Like, you know, it's tougher to take risks in your sixties. But, but, you know what I mean? But commit to something. Don't yeah. dabble. Right. right, right That's right. not what you're saying is commit. Yeah. yeah. Not dabble. And I'm saying this too. What you will repel mentors you want you will repel fellow entrepreneurs that you want to associate with to to have you level up if you just show that you're a dabbler you know what i mean i like to be around 100 percent committed people a lot of people think well oh they're a big shot millionaire and i'm a little poor schmuck why would they care about me if they see your commitment and the fire in your eyes that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make your goals and dreams happen mentally you're on their level because that's what they are your bank account may not be there yet but the point is they're not going to fuck with you if you just if you're a lazy schmuck but if they know you're on that climb and you're on your grind and you, you're hustle, hustle, just automatically those are the people that are going to gravitate towards you and you're going to be able to jive with them and talk to them. And they're going to, a lot of them may freely give you advice and mentor you because they know you're on that true climb. And Most I've, people just aren't though. They're and dabblers. I've, and I've seen both ends of the spectrum. I respect someone that even if I dislike them and they're a colleague and they're in their grind, you can't I, knock it. I can't knock it. You got to tip respe- your hat to them. I tip my hat to them. You Kudos. have to. Yeah. But now if I like somebody and I see them bouncing around from shiny objects, I'm just like, nah. I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't fuck with you. you. Right. I don't understand you. So you're just all yeah. over the place. Right. I can't, I can't give They're you spinning their wheels and wasting their time. So you being involved with them is only going to spin your wheels and waste your time too. And it's not like, 
stuck up. We're not talking about stuck up no, and cocky and like I'm better than you. It's not that at all. It's just birds of a feather flock together, man. Like lazy right. schmucks, I just can't I can't relate to them. Like no, dude. Like cuz cuz I look at it as especially if they talk a big game. If you're happy as mm. is and you're just not a hustler and entrepreneur, that's a different story. Like dude, you're happy. God bless you. You're good. You do what you do, you love your job. Whatever you're making, if you're happy and you're smiling 24-7, you're doing something right. And that's also legit. I take my hat off to you. You know, it's the people that talk a big game. That make announcements. Right. I just posted on Instagram. They make <laughs> announcements, but they don't make moves. make moves. They make announcements, not moves. So if you're going to make announcements, make moves. Could you imagine if Muhammad Ali talked all that smack and all that shit and, and then got knocked out left and, and right? He, he would he would think about that. <laughs> if Muhammad Ali, the reason dude was just boss of all bosses is because he talked big as fuck, he was the first but he knocked motherfuckers out. Right, to back it up. So when you combine that two, transcendence. And you it, are just supernatural. Good. But could you imagine if Muhammad Ali talked all all that shit and got into the ring and got knocked the fuck out by people and lost fights on the regular. He would be he would be laughed at so hard he would literally want to crawl in a hole and die. Think about that. And I can think of a ton of boxers already that fit that description that didn't deliver but talked a big game. Macho Camacho? Remember, dude? Oh, yeah, Macho Camacho. My, da- my dad loved him. That was, yeah, yeah. You, did you ever watch Rican? him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He fought, he fought well, though, and dude had, he put on a show. He was like, he, the, did. He was like the Latin Muhammad Ali. <laughs> he was entertaining, no doubt. Yeah, he was. Macho Camacho, shit. Um, that was some, what, late 80s shit? Yeah, yeah. back in the day, like uh, early 90s, Roberto maybe? Duran was still, I think, maybe at the Macho end. Macho Camacho, dude. Oh, my dad man. loved him. I mean, we watched a lot of Macho Camacho. You guys must have watched a lot of Trinidad, too, right? Yeah. Um, Mainly Macho Camacho, though. But that's my point. Like, So that's, the, that's what I'm trying to say. Don't act like some big shot entrepreneur boss. You know, don't, be, don't claim to be an entrepreneur and then kind of halfway do shit. It doesn't work like that. You're the hundred, and here's the other thing, too. When I say become 100% committed, a lot of people think I'm saying quit your job and go all in on your business and take that risk. No, dude. I'm not one to say cut off all security. If that's you and you're more like thrill seeker and you really want to do that, cool, because that does and can work, but that's not blanket advice for everyone. 100% committed means work your nine to five and then bust your balls nights and weekends. When you're in it, be in it. And if roadblocks come up during those nights and weekends, beat them. Run through those hurdles and challenges embrace them for but i'm saying 100 percent committed could mean only five hours a week maybe you work 80 hours a week right now and all you have is five to dedicate that five as long as you're 100 percent in that five right that's what i'm trying to talk about and a lot of people mistake and think well nick i can't be 100 percent committed because i work 70 hours a week no 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 you're not following bro you can in the five to seven hours a week that you're in it so on hour three of your five to seven hour jaunt some crazy roadblock came up that you didn't know about. And most people will make the U-turn and be like, fuck it. You know what? I'm going to skip that. Let me just go to some easy shit. No, that's not 100% commitment. Mm. That's interested, quote unquote, in becoming successful. And I kind of want to be successful. No, no, no. 100% means on that third hour of the seventh of the week that you have to commit to entrepreneurship, you blast through that challenge and you go through the pain. You go through Dude. the pain of that challenge 
which will propel you to hours four, five, six, and seven. Fucking period. Those five hours, you're starting from scratch. Yeah. Like think of it that way. Like you don't have that seventy hour income. Don't see that as your cushion. Yeah. See it as a you're at scratch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you are. Most people are at scratch. Knowledge scratch. Financial scratch. Entry level job scratch. Most people can relate to scratch. Unless you were truly born into something, most people are at scratch. So is there anything else we need to talk with dabbling? I think we're good, brother. Yeah? Okay, cool. Well, I hope you guys got value. I'm sure you did. Um, These kind of topics light me up, okay? If you like the show, rate and review and subscribe. Do those things. Like click, click, click. Not like, yeah, I'll get to that later because you won't. Do it now. Okay? Rate, review, subscribe it. Share it with a friend. Um, I know I've been telling, we've been super slammed. I know I've been telling you we're going to bring on people, bring people on. Like I'm going to bring in you guys, the audience, the guests to be on the show to talk questions and, and, uh, things like that. And we're going to eventually have a video version of the show. Stick with me. It's coming. There's just a lot of content. YouTube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz entrepreneur. I have, and Facebook.com forward slash alpha home flipping. I have a documentary series called in the life, just footage of straight entrepreneurship in the field, making moves, doing deals. BSing, making things happen, BSing with people, chit-chatting, and everything that an entrepreneur does in reality, not at some scripted TV show, okay? Um, and yeah, Instagram, at Alpha Home Flipping. Check me out. Vidal, any last words? Yeah, catch us on the next one. Catch us on the next one. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Success from Scratch show. Um, I need you to do something very important. Rate, review, and subscribe. You have to actually hit the subscribe button so you'll automatically get these episodes fed to you wherever you're listening it to. Very, very important to me. It is the literal fuel that keeps this show going and improving, etc. And I thank every one of you for doing that. I really do. It takes 30 seconds of your life. means the world to me. And on top of that... Uh, make sure you follow me on my social channels, okay? Because I really engage and respond to almost everyone. I'm like known for it, okay? Uh, Snapchat at Real Nick Ruiz, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur, Facebook.com forward slash Alpha Home Flipping, and Instagram at Alpha Home Flipping. Those are my hubs where I talk business, entrepreneurship, real estate, etc., all the time. And also head over to successfromscratch.net. You can download some free goodies there and I will see you on the next episode.